Turn the green light, okay?
Good evening, Lake Church. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Let's uh, welcome our online audience. Yeah. If uh, you haven't uh, checked in on Facebook yet, check in on Facebook. Let everybody know that uh, we're here. That way you can share the message and uh, the word gets out. It's going to be a good word tonight. I want to remind you of a few things. We have a tamale fundraiser. It is $25 for a dozen, $13 for half a dozen. Uh, You can sign up and order those outside. You have to pay in advance in the commons before you order them. And the pickup date will be on Father's Day. And we also have another fundraiser. It is the tables outside. If you haven't seen them, go walk by, see what they have. You might find something you like. You might find a gift for somebody. Uh, check it out. It'll be good. All right. After service on Sunday, we are going to need help to set up the tent. After the first service, the first service, after the 9 o'clock service, we're going to need help setting the tent up. We're going to set it up to uh, sell fireworks, and it is going to be a uh, the ladies' missions trip to, Demo- to the Dominican, to the DR, for their trip. So we need help. It takes, uh, it takes a crew of men to put that up. If it takes just a couple of guys, they could do it, but they would be beat, beat down. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard work. So the more we have to help, the better it is. And we'd appreciate that greatly. Um, also, the uh, new Church Center app. We had the... I downloaded this, and I think this right here is an easier way to give. It is, uh, you can look at the bulletins on it. You can, uh, I believe you can look up messages on it, the messages uh, that w- has been preached throughout different times. You can go back and scroll through the history of it. I forgot how far back it went, but it went a good ways. So if you're looking for something, you heard something, you remembered, you can go back on that and try to find it and and get the word again. So we have a few ways to give. We have, you can give at the, uh, the website, and that is lake-church.com. You can go on there and go through the, uh, the giving. Just follow that, and it'll direct you. There's also envelopes. If you have cash, there's envelopes on the seat backs, and there's also... Um, on the back of the, there's cards on the back of the chairs that also will help you uh, give in your text to give. So, all right, tonight we have a another minister that's going to minister. She's going to bring the word, and it's going to be good. It's uh, you're going to be blessed, and it's going to be great. But with our uh, uh, tithes, I just want to encourage each and every one of you. We just heard about seed, time, and harvest. That's three different things. For whatever reason in my mind, it was seed time and then harvest. But it's seed, time, and harvest. Your money is seed. Your offering is seed. What you sow into is seed. Just like we sow with our mouth. We can also sow with our money. And I encourage you to sow seed into a good ministry and allow God to do his work in that time 
so you can reap a harvest. All right, so uh, we're going to bless the offering and then uh, be ministered to. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us. You have enabled us to give. And, Father, we give with a gracious heart. And I just, I call a blessing on the giver in Jesus' name. A blessing on the offering and the seed that they sow that will be multiplied back to them in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now our minister, Leela Hazy. Can you guys hear me? Ah, I'm on, aren't I? Hallelujah. Well, it's good to see you tonight. Let's all stand before we get going. And we're just going to take a minute to lift up the name of the Lord. And that's not prayer, but what that is, is that's shaking off the weights of the day. So all of my trained Bible school students know this. We go through it every class. You probably remember, so I expect you to help me. And we're just going to thank the Lord for how good he is. Or we can pray in the spirit or whatever. But, you know, we've all been at work. We've had to deal with attitudes. We've had to deal with all sorts of things. So we're going to shake that off so that our spirit is ready to receive the imparted word of God. Amen? So let's just do that for a moment. Hallelujah. Lord. Father, we just thank you. We just worship you tonight. You're so good. We magnify your name, Lord. Worthy are you. Worthy are you, Lord. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Name above all names, the great I am. Healer. Provider. Love her. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. I just like to acti activate, I like to call it, activate my spirit and get it ready for what the Lord wants, because unfortunately we have a flesh and a soul that we have to deal with, and so sometimes that's not the funnest thing. And so we have to make it shape up and say, right now, this is what we're going to do. Hallelujah. So, um, so tonight I want to talk to you about the mind. I bet you couldn't guess that, could you, from the title of the message? Hallelujah. But I want to talk to you about the mind because I think that it's such an important area that the body of Christ is have, struggling in. And I want to talk to you about it because we need to know how to deal with it in our life. I know that everywhere I'm turning right now, we're seeing all sorts of things on TV. Um, people taking their lives one after the other. We're seeing depression. We're seeing oppression. And there's a root to that. And sometimes we're not treating the root. And so it's important that we understand about our thoughts and our mind because our mind is where we process our life. Okay, um, it's important to know, uh, you know, how our mind works and understand it because we're not going to live the life that God had for us unless we understand. So we can be led by the spirit or we can be led by, uh, by our thoughts, so to speak. So I want to teach you tonight how to live in victory and how to be people of God and how to be led by the spirit of God and how to learn to control our mind so that we can hear the power of the Holy Spirit whenever he speaks to us. So what's in our mind influences our decisions. And so we're going to talk about that tonight because you may not think so, 
but it does. So remember that our soul is composed of three elements that pastor taught us, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And they all tie together. They're all a unit and they're all gonna work together. And we're gonna talk about that more in just a few minutes. So our thoughts activate our emotions. So let me give you an example. If you are scared of something, it's going to activate a certain emotion in you. So the Lord's so cute. (laughs) He really is because sometimes he's really literal with me because that's the way that that I understand the Lord. And so um, Pastor Bob left the house about, I don't know, 5.30-ish to come up here. And so I'm behind and I was praying and just, you know, praying in the spirit and thanking the Lord for service tonight, that kind of thing. And so what's in our mind is going to come, you know, is going to create emotion. And so I'm in the little bathroom brushing my teeth and I hear a, a, a buzzing noise. And I'm thinking, what is that? And all of a sudden I see in the window of my bathroom, a red wasp. Now, you guys have to understand that wasps think I'm their lost, long, long lost sister. I mean, they love me to pieces, and they'll come after me. They'll pursue me. You know how they say to play dead? You know how they say to play dead with a, with a wasp? Well, that doesn't work for me. Pastor Bob can tell you that doesn't work for me. If I'm in the room, they know it, okay? So, um, so all of a sudden, I'm thinking, I've got to kill this. Pastor Bob is gone because of what's in my mind because I, you know, I've had years and years and years of mindset with bees, you know, and wasps coming after me. And so I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? Pastor Bob is gone, and I have got to kill this wasp. And, you know, and I'm looking at it, and it has this stinger that's like as long as my fingernail. And I'm thinking, you know, what am I going to do here? So I go get the fly swatter. And it was not a joyous thing for me, but my mindset, you know, and I have all this emotion going on and I hit that sucker and it does nothing. And so I hit it again with the fly swatter and it drops. Well, then I'm thinking, oh, well, then I'm thinking where it dropped is where my vanity is. And that's where I put on my makeup. And so I'm thinking, well, in the morning, I don't want to sit down and it's going to sting my little foot because I didn't know it was there, you know. So, um, I'm, so I'm thinking, man, I've got to find this thing. But first I had to go out in the bedroom because I was like losing it. I mean, like this is a wasp and this is not good. And so, so I go out into the bedroom and I'm praying in the spirit and the whole time fighting my mind because my mind is, that's a wasp, Leela, you know. And you know how they love you. And so... And so, anyway, I'm in the bedroom, and, um, and I go back in the bathroom, and my daughter Naomi calls me, and I'm trying to, she's trying to tell me something. I hope she calls me back, because I don't know what she's trying to tell me, but, and so I'm screaming, and she's dying laughing on the phone, and I'm like, what is your deal? And she says, well, she says, you're screaming at that, at that crazy wasp, and I'm like, but I don't like wasps, you know, and I'm going, dad's not here. Well, Anyway, we hung up, so I go back out again, you know, come back in and out two or three times, and one of the times a little fly goes by, and I run out of the bathroom, because my mindset was that that wasp was in there, okay? So guys, it gets worse. This is just, the Holy Spirit gave me this right before we walk out the door. I said, okay, Lord, so I get to laughing, and I know the Lord was laughing at me probably watching that, but so I'm walking through the bathroom, and you know how I have this little, like, tassel on the end of my little vest here. Well, it flipped up in the air and I screamed and I ran out of the bathroom. <laughs> and so the, 
Long story short, it took me seven hits to kill that little sucker. But I tell you what, the Lord began to tell me about, you know, he said, You're, I've been talking to you about mindset and giving it to the people and, and talking to the people about it. And he said, you did this very thing that the body of Christ does, that whenever the thoughts and the fear rises, it creates emotion and we begin to react from that emotion. And, you know, actually the fifth, sixth, and seventh time I said, in the name of Jesus, as I'm hitting it, because, you know, I knew I had dominion and authority, but I didn't want to operate in it. <laughs> I wanted to call Pastor Bob to come all the way back to the house to kill it. And, you know, what I didn't tell you guys is that in the process of all this, I'm thinking, I'm just going to go to church tonight if I don't kill this thing. And then Pastor Bob will just have to figure out where it is because I'm not going to bed until it's dead, you know. (laughs) And so here's all these thoughts that are controlling my life over a silly old little bee And so what the Lord taught me, well, wasp, which is much worse. So what the Lord taught me is, you know, sometimes with our mind, we get those thoughts. And and we're going to learn in a few minutes how to take control of them. And we take control of them when we do what we think we need to do. But then they try to come back. But you know what? The victory is in that we're going to still continue. We know we recognize it and we're going to put it where it belongs and then we're going to go forward victorious. It took me seven tries, but I was victorious over that wasp. Hallelujah. So our, our, so our thoughts activate emotion, and I had a lot before I came, and then they influence the decisions that we make. And that's very important. And my decision, praise the Lord, was I was going to kill that sucker yeah, without Pastor Bob being there. I don't know if I would have exercised my authority if he had been there or not. But anyway, hallelujah. So it's important that we realize that, that our thoughts will activate emotion that causes our will to kick in and have a certain decision that we make. All right? And then in James 1.21, it tells us that the implanted word of God is in our... Uh, uh, saves our soul. The implanted word of God saves our soul. So we have to understand that it's the word of God that's going to free us from the wrong mindsets, and it's the word of God that's going to give us power to go forth in the name of Jesus, facing even the things that we're scared of, like those wasps. So how we deal with our thoughts and feelings affects the events in our life. How we deal with our thoughts and feelings affects the events in our lives and how that we live our life. So you can see why the devil has targeted the thoughts of believers so long. You know, that's why he's taken us to uh, religious churches that do not teach the fullness of the word of God because if our thoughts are not in line, we we can't have that operation in our life that God wants us to have. So you could say our mind activity becomes our physical activity. So if you think bad about yourself or poorly about yourself and you're thinking, man, I'm a failure and I'm no good, you're going to begin, that's going to begin to manifest in how you act. So um, we can't just go along thinking that we can just confess all day. We're going to have to do something with our thoughts and something with our mind. You know, living the Christian life is not passive, but yet it is passive because we are resting, but we're actively resting. That's really what living in the fullness of the word is. So, uh, so we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And we want, um, 
we want our soul and our body to line up with the spirit. And there is a process to getting that done. The three need to work together and not independently of each other because we don't want to side with the things of the world. So it's important that we learn to quiet our mind and that we learn how to control it so that we can be led by the Holy Spirit and walk in the victory that he has given to us. You know, sometimes our mind can be so loud that we do not hear the leading of the Spirit from our spirit, from the Holy Spirit, from our spirit. See, the Bible tells us that the Lord leads us with a still small voice or with the unction. He leads us gently. So if our mind is raging all the time, and I'm just going to be mean for a second, but I'm going to be real for a second, but if we're going on about the gas prices and we're going on about the president and we're going on about all of this, then we're not going to be led by our spirit. I'm sorry. So we have to quit thinking about those things and we're going to have to line them up to the word of God because we don't want to miss the leading of the Holy Spirit that is gentle and guiding in the direction we need to go. You know, there's lots of things going on right now that can build fear in us. If we want to uh, think about that for a minute. I mean, we can think, we can't even go anywhere. It doesn't seem like we can go, I don't know what I see this last week. I just scroll through headlines because I need to know what's going on so I can pray effectively. But I just scroll through headlines. I don't watch the news. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes too. But I'll tell you what. If you look at anything, even the headlines, you think, I can't go to the grocery store. I can't stand in a parking lot. I can't go to the doctor's office. I can't, do, um, I can't go to church. Uh, all over the world, there's all these things that are going on. And it seems like right now we can't go anywhere or do anything. And if we start meditating on that and making that part of our thoughts all of the time, then that's what's going to be producing in our life, the fear of what's going on. In fact, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will guide us away from danger, but we have to learn how to cooperate with the leading of the Holy Spirit so that we can be protected. And I believe that if we miss it, the Holy Spirit's still there to protect us at that moment. Hallelujah, because he's so good to us. So I don't want you to be thinking on the things of the world. I want you to be thinking on things of the kingdom. And hallelujah, God made us able to change our thoughts and we are equipped to overcome. So we're going to break down some scriptures tonight. Let's look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Probably a very familiar passage to all of you. And I'm just going to read 3, 4, and 5 real quick. I'm reading from an Amplified Classic. And it says, For, for though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Verse 5, In so much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive unto the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So that's what I want to do tonight. I want to break that down for you so that we can live in that power that God has given us. Because he tells us that we have to deal with our mind right here. He's not going to deal with, it for, deal, deal with our mind for us. So our thoughts are important. 
And I don't want to see you sad or depressed or not walking in the fullness of what God has. I don't want you to be controlled by your thoughts. I want you to be controlled by the Spirit of God. And so I want the Spirit of God to control your life and not your feelings that are activated by your thoughts. All right? So because we don't understand how to deal with our thoughts, they often defeat us. And I don't believe that that's what God wants for us. He does not want us to be defeated or to live in a defeated life. And, you know, believers can struggle with a particular area or particular mindset uh, in a particular area on ideas that are not based on the word. I mean, all over the place, we're being pushed with anti-God ideas that were forced that they want to force down our throat we're being bullied into it and we have to stand uh, for the righteousness of God because we can get off real easy if we're not careful so we have to know how to guard our mind and how to to um know that we're lining up to the word of God. You know, maybe you're not a tither. Maybe you say, well, it just doesn't seem logical to me, Leela. But you know what? Uh, that's a mindset in that particular area of your life that you're going to have to bring into subjection to the things of Christ if you're going to go forward in victory in your finances. And so we operate from how our minds are set. And I'm going to keep saying that tonight. We operate from how our minds are set. I was thinking back to when we lived overseas and I was thinking back to some of the food. Hi, Filipino family. Love you tonight if you're on with me. Um, and I was thinking back to some of the food that they have there. And they have a particular one. You can laugh at me later. I know you'll send me messages. <laughs> That's called balut. And balut is a little duck egg with actually the duck embryo or fetus in there. It has bones and everything. Now, the Filipino people love that. But when they show you that little, they just show you what it looks like. You immediately get a mindset that that's not touching my little lips, and I don't care if I'm starving. That ain't going down into my stomach because, you know, it's a mindset. And so we operate according to how our mind is set. Bob and I many years ago ran across a show. Boy, I can't. Fear Factor, was that what it was called? And they had balut on there. Can you believe that, Filipino family? Yes. And they showed these people, and they said, um, they said, uh, you know, I mean, they were hardly trying those things, but actually it's not that bad if you get over the mindset of it. But you see, sometimes we automatically react from the way that our mind is set. And so we want to make sure that our mind is set according to the word of God so that the word of God can manifest in us fully and not have those, those weights that are so uh, easily cumbersome to us that, that cause us to trip up and not get victory in an area or in a habit maybe or something like that. So what we think on and what we think about grows in us. So pastor's been talking to us, seed time and harvest. He's been talking to us a lot about what? Agriculture, farming, those kinds of things, okay? So what we think on grows in us. That means that our, our thoughts are a seed and that that's what's going to grow and produce. So if we're constantly thinking about how much we hate our spouse, how much that, you know, the, the gas is costing, how much this, how much that, that's what's going to produce in our lives. Okay, you meet people that can only think on negative things sometimes. So your thoughts shape who you are. Your thoughts shape who you are. So I can't say it because I'm not pastor, but pastor tells us if your life sucks, you know what it means. Okay, well, 
then we need to think about, we need to go back to the root and we need to think about what are we thinking about? What is causing my life to be like this? Because God doesn't want us to have that kind of a life. What are we meditating on? You know, what does it mean by meditating? When I think of meditating, I think of like rehearsing for a play. Um, when I was in high school, I did a lot of musical theater. And so I was in a lot of plays and you rehearse, 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 rehearse. You're at home. You had the, the literature out and you're studying your, your lines and all of those things. You rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Well, that's what we do with our thoughts sometimes. We just begin to rehearse, 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 rehearse the thing that, that's bothering us or the unforgiveness or the resentment or the anger or how that person looked at me or whatever it is. And we just begin to play it over and over and over in our mind. And we begin to meditate on it and it begins to produce in us. And so um, we just play that thought over and that situation over. And you know what? It doesn't do any good because I tell you what, I've been there and done that and it didn't get me any rewards. I didn't get any brownies for it or anything like that. So I'm not doing that again. Plus it made me miserable. Okay. So um, I'm not going to think about it over and over. See, we have to be aware of what we're thinking about. Sometimes people come along and they hurt us or things happen in our life that hurt us. But we have to decide that we're going to meditate upon the things of God. And we're going to read that scripture here in a few minutes that tells us what to meditate on. And if we don't, then we're going to be in bondage to our thoughts and how we live our life because our, our emotions and our actions are tied to that little thought. So what we meditate on, think on, shapes our actions and our emotions. So if you think you're a loser, then you're going to be a loser. So you, that thought comes to you. And then it seems like, you know, it seems like the decisions of life come along and reinforce all of that and that kind of thing. And all of a sudden you just start creating a mindset. I'm just a loser. I can't do anything right anyway. Why do I even bother? And all of a sudden you're operating from that mind set that came out of your mouth. Now it's an action and now you're instituting it in your life. And I believe God wants us to know how to control our thoughts so that they do not control us. We want them to be shaped like the kingdom. We want our thoughts to be kingdom-minded so that we are operating as the kingdom of God. So let's, um, let's go back here and let's look at chapter 2 again, of 2 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. Sorry about that. And I'm not really going to go in order, but I want to break this down a little bit because it tells us, this section tells us how to deal with our thoughts. So I want you to notice verse 4. Now, we all have different translations, so the wording may be slightly different depending on... Um, you know, the translation of the Bible that you might have. But I want you to notice that in verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our what? Warfare. So I want you to notice those words, warfare. That means that we're in a war. And this particular area is talking to us about our mind. So that might, means that we have a war that we need to be aware of that's going on in our mind. And you know what warfare is? Warfare is a well-planned attack 
well-planned attack. That means if we're going to go declare war on somebody, we're not going to go in there halfway and sit there and just cross our legs and say, please don't do this. Please stop. We better have a strategic plan to go in there and take over what they're coming up against us with, or we're not going to be victorious. Well, that's how the devil is. He has a plan for you and he wants to develop that plan in your life through your thoughts. He wants to attack you by getting you to think wrong because then he knows if you're thinking wrong that he has access, that he has access into whatever is going on in your life and he can do those things because you gave him access, okay? So um, so he gives him access. That's why that he wants to make you think on the wrong things. But I want you to also notice, it says, for the weapons of our warfare, verse 4 there, um, are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God to overthrow the destruction of strongholds. So what does that mean? That just told me that God has a plan too. Hallelujah. That God has a plan too. That it's already completed. It was completed on Calvary. Now we just have to operate in it. And he tells us how to operate in it. So he says, I've already made a way for you for that strategic plan that the devil has. I have a plan. It was called Calvary. It's paid in full. Now do you want to operate in it or not? So the Holy Spirit has given us a strategy to overcome and control our thoughts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we don't have to go around naively being uh, a victim to, to whatever the devil wants to do in our life. So we can overcome. And then I want you to go on and look in verse number five here. So then it goes on, and it, my Bible actually said reasonings. It says, you know, uh, refuting arguments and theories and reasonings. But some Bibles may say um, imaginations. But basically those are kind of all interchangeable terms that mean thoughts. Our thought patterns or the reasonings of our mind. So um, that's what it means when we're thinking or we're reasoning something out. Those are the thought patterns of our mind, okay? So these patterns are built over years. So a pattern is, is, is built over years. Um, for example, like, let me think of an example here that I can give you. Um, you know, a thought comes from the devil, a lie, like you are a failure, okay? And it comes over and over, rehearsing it in your life. He keeps making you think that. And then life reinforces that. And then people and situations sometimes come along and seem to reinforce that so that you'll believe that lie and you'll swallow it down and then it can begin to produce in your life. And you know what? People can affect us, can't they? It's so sad by what they say and what they do. But we have to learn to not be moved by what people say. We're moved by the Spirit of God. So we have to get to the place where we're not arrogantly saying, I don't care, but we don't care. If you love us, glory to God. If you don't, glory to God. I'm not moved either way. My glory is unto God. See, that's where we have to get in our life. And so circumstances come sometimes and people come and they try to put that new layer up on top of those old things and, and make you think that, that, you know, think, think, think that you're, you're whatever you are. And those are not true. So we want to be aware so that we don't allow those thought patterns to build up in our life. I want to give you an example. So there was a time in my life when, um, 
I was really struggling with not, I felt like I was not good enough. I felt like I had made so many mistakes in my life and that, you know, I just could never really be used by the Lord again. I knew that he loved me, that he forgave me, but he just couldn't use me. And I'll tell you what, guys, I began to embrace that for a while. And so one day I was going down the road and I realized, man, I'm miserable. I was just praying to the Lord and I just thought, man, I shouldn't be this miserable. Why am I so miserable? That's a key for you. Remember your emotions are tied to your thoughts. So if you're miserable, pay attention to what you're thinking. All right. So I'm going down the road. I'm miserable. And I'm thinking all these things in my mind. Can you believe that? I'm thinking all these dumb things in my mind. And I'm going down the highway. And, you know, I'm just miserable. I was condemned. Um, you know, I, I was just like, Lord, I don't understand. And I really didn't get an answer from the Lord that day. I just let it all out. I was talking to the Lord, let it all out. So I don't know, a couple nights later, I'm going down the highway again. That's my time to worship the Lord. And sometimes I don't even remember because I'm caught up with the Lord driving, whatever. And all of a sudden I'm going down the highway and all of a sudden, I'm just praying in the spirit. I had forgotten that I had acted like a fool two days before and all of that, okay? And so I'm going down the road, and all of a sudden, up out of my spirit, one word comes, the word perfect. So I thought about it for a minute because I thought, I knew what I, I thought, well, what is this about, Lord? And so I began to meditate on the word perfect. And what is meditate? Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. I don't know, it was maybe five minutes down the highway and all of a sudden I had the revelation just like that because the Holy Spirit began to rise within me and all of a sudden I realized what the Holy Spirit was telling me and he was telling me that I was perfect. Oh, this right here isn't perfect, honey, but I'll tell you what is perfect. The blood of Jesus that was shed for me upon Calvary and that's what the Lord sees when he uses somebody, not our failure not our mistakes. Well, guess what I did? I had myself a good little party and I began to say right out loud, I said, guess what? I am perfect. In fact, it doesn't get any more perfect than me, devil. I mean, because honey, you better embrace that. That is not arrogance. That is the word of God. The real us is sealed with the blood of Jesus. And so we are perfect. We can't ever earn anything on our own. And so, well, boy, when I made that adjustment in my life, do you know what? Peace came to me. And... And I began to walk in a fullness that I hadn't walked in before. So see, I had to renew my mind. I had to reset my mind to think according to the word. And instead of letting my feelings control me and then my actions control me, because I would cry and I'd write in my journal, I don't understand this, Lord. So I had to begin to pay attention to how I felt, which was triggered by what I was thinking, which was just a tormenting, condemning thought of the devil. And any time that you're tormented, it is not from the Lord. Hallelujah. So I had to reset my mind according to the word that I was perfect. I am perfect. And there don't get any more perfect than me. Hallelujah. Because, you know, and you know what else? I'm glad that God uses people that are spiritually perfect, because we wouldn't even have a Bible if he judged us according to the flesh. Boy, we have a mess in there, don't we, with human beings that are not perfect like this, but we're perfect with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
So why did I talk to myself? Because we cannot simply think away our thoughts. They're not just going to float off. We're going to have to do something with them. Because remember, we're in a war, guys. I know that's not fun, but we are in a war. And we have to do something about our thoughts. We are in a war, and it requires action. We have to have action in a war. We can't just sit around idly. So that's why I spoke, and I commanded my mind to line up to the word of God in the name of Jesus. I said, you will not think that you are a failure. You will think that you are perfect because you are perfect. See, we need to hear ourselves say the word of God sometimes. Because did you know that faith cometh by hearing? Did you know that faith cometh by hearing, period, and you can build faith in anything? So if you're talking garbage out of your mouth and your little ears are hearing that and those little thoughts are going in your head, guess what you're doing? You're building faith in that, in that unbelief or whatever that is. So faith cometh by hearing. We have to reset ourselves. We have to reprogram ourselves to think according to the word of God. And that's what I was doing. And maybe I'm the one that's weird. I don't know. But I want to tell you, you had better get serious about the things you're thinking. You better start talking out loud and saying, you stop that. You're not going to think like that. Um, you're not going to think about those pictures I just saw on the internet. No, you're not thinking about that cigarette. It's time that we stand up and we do what we are called to do and be the people of God. So faith cometh by hearing. And we want our hearing to produce into our head. One wrong thought that we hear can change, can change what God can do in our life. You know, I'm thinking of that old kid's song that we sing in children's church. And it says, um, be careful little ears what you hear. And then it goes like, be careful little eyes what you hear. You know, and it goes into all that. Well, um, I tell you what, there's not been a truer song than that. Because the, the, remember how the mind works. The mind, the will, and the emotions. So that thought comes. And how does it come? It comes through filters. So when we're watching garbage on TV that is contrary to the word of God, that even if it's in an advertisement or whatever, we've just seen it. Naturally, we cannot unsee it. Now, spiritually, we can, hallelujah. But naturally, we can never unsee that, okay? When we hear that garbage, oh, it's okay. We're making our own normal now. This is our new normal now. And we're hearing all these things. That's toxic poison that is going in. And those produce our little thoughts right here. And we wonder why we can't live a victorious life. So we have to realize the importance of what we see and what we hear if we're going to go forward victoriously in the things of God. Because those are what produce our thoughts. How many times have you heard a song? Pastor Bob and I have gotten in. We've been together for 32 years now. But... Um, we got in an argument one time over a dumb song. So we're going down the highway. Something came on. It triggered a memory. He said it out loud. I go, what? And there the fight began. And then we got to laughing later about it. <laughs> because, you know, afterward, we were like, okay, you know, we got to laughing about it later. But the truth was he would have never thought of that thing had those lyrics not came on and triggered him to think on it. Okay? And so... Um, it's very important 
that we understand our thoughts. Everything we speak the word over changes us. We have to reset our mind to think correctly. We have to take authority over our thoughts. We decide how to think. Not fun, guys. It requires dying to yourself. It's not fun always. But we have to do something with our thoughts. Or they're going to control us. And then we're going to be miserable. Just like I was. Because they were controlling my life. We have to pay attention. Recognize how we're feeling. What we're thinking about. Because it's too easy to not notice ourselves. And we need to notice so that we can make that correction. So our mind wants to be, I like to say, a little rebel. (laughs) And you know what little rebels do? They like to do what they want to do. They, uh, you have to provide a rebel direction, but they're a free spirit. They want to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. And your mind is like that. It's being programmed constantly from what we're hearing, what we're seeing. Okay. Those things are programming, uh, programming us and programming our thoughts. And so, um, if we're not careful and we don't know how to control our mind, then it's going to side with the natural. It's going to side with the flesh. Um, so we have to make it obey and say, hey, little rebel, you're not going to act like that because we have to show it how to obey. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. Everybody probably knows this. They could quote it by heart, I'm sure. But I want to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. And the passion says, Romans 12, 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Hallelujah. Boy, that says it, doesn't it? Hallelujah. He will empower us as we learn to bring our mind in subjection to the things of God and not allow it to be that little rebel. Sometimes we have to spank our mind back into position. And you know what? That takes us right back to our key scripture because back in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, so it goes on into verse number five. And it tells us, so it says, you know, it goes through there, reads different things, depending again what your translation says down towards the end, it says captive, my Bible does. And when I think of something captive, I think of something in a cage, something that's under control, um, Something that comes to my mind is like somebody being arrested, okay? So what happens when you're arrested? Well, you're imprisoned. You're confined. Um, So how does that relate to our thoughts, you're thinking? Well, how does that relate to our thoughts? Well, when your thoughts come, we have to confine them. Like I did in my testimony. How, How I brought it and I imprisoned it to the word of God, but it wasn't a prison, but it is a prison. Boy, I wish I could articulate that, but I can't. See, prison, in prison, you're told what to do, when to do it, when you can eat, 
when you can sleep, okay? That's what we have to do with our thoughts. Whenever we realize that that pornography or that cigarette or whatever it is you're dealing with, that anger, that resentment is popping its little head up and we're meditating on that over and over and over and rehearsing it in our lives, then we're going to be like a prisoner and we're going to tell it how to act and think. We're going to say, you're not going to act like that because you're a prisoner. And guess what? It's a prisoner too. The law of God. To what the law says, to our rights. And guess what our rights are? They're pretty fantastic. Our rights are we're forgiven, we're chosen, we're children of God, we're perfect, hallelujah. Um, We're set free. Oh my word, the list goes on and on and on. We're not going to be wimpy thinking, I'm a failure and I'm, you need me to cast that down. I mean, people, I'm preaching better than your amen. And because you know what? We have got to, we have got to not play around here. We're not, we're going to take that thought captive and make it obedient to the word. It's not going to be a little rebel. It is going to act like it is supposed to. It is going to think on what it is supposed to think on. And I'm going to take authority over it. So every thought, every thought that we think, it says all thoughts, that we have to bring them uh, into the obedience of Christ. So what is the obedience of Christ? What does that mean? Well, um, it's kind of like a child. So I asked my daughter before I got here if I could pick on her. She said it was okay. So when Naomi was a child, you never know by looking at her now, she's sweet and precious as can be. But when she was a baby, I tell you what, it was a standoff with that kid. So... This is what Pastor Bob and I used to tell her. We're going to win. You can do this the easy way or you can do it the hard way. The easy way is it's over now. The hard way is we're going to spank your butt, ground you, whatever else you need, and we're still going to win. So you choose. And she always chose the hard way. So sometimes it would be six, seven, eight spankings a day, not exaggerating. There were times I'd go out in the hall and cry, tell Pastor Bob, all we do is spank this child, which of course was just the lie of the devil to try to keep me from operating according to the word of God, okay? Um, So, but what it means is we have to do the same thing with our little thoughts. We're going to tell our thoughts, you are not going to act like that. You can do this the easy way, or you can do this the hard way, but you are going to conform to the image of Christ. You are going to think what you're supposed to think according to the word of God. Like it or not. That's how we used to put it at the end of of our correction with Naomi. Like it or not, which even made her matter. Sometimes things would go on for a month, guys. I'm not kidding. When she got older and we couldn't spank her anymore, Pastor Bob would, you know, just keep adding. I'd say, shut up. You're done being grounded. And it'd be six weeks, you know. I mean, what are you going to do? All right, you just have to stand your ground. But we were going to win. That's how we have to decide with the things that come across our mind. Are we tired of being, of being weepy and mopey and, and having all of these emotions going on in our life? Are we going to do something about it or not? Um, It's not a fun process because we're going to have to kill some of our flesh. It's not going to be fun when we, when we like our little pet things or little habits that are attached to us and we like them and we have to put them down. But you know what? We have authority over them. If we will cast down that imagination and say, you have no place, I'm casting you down and I'm pulling you down. So Cast down or pull down, depends what your translation says. And it means to take down, to dismantle it, to break it apart. So we have to break apart those wrong thoughts. Yeah. 
So when I spoke to my thought about failure, I was breaking it apart. I told it I was perfect. That's how I broke it apart. I dismantled it. I made it captive to the word of God. I made it come into subjection. And see, the devil tried to pull the pride card. You little misprideful girl, shame on you. After, Because my victory was right there, but I had to pull it. Over here, nope, nope, I'm perfect. You don't get any more perfect than me because I'm washed in the blood of Jesus and Jesus looks upon the blood. Okay? God looks upon the blood. So why do we want to dismantle our thoughts? Because the longer we think on them, the stronger they will become. Okay? So stronger forms a stronghold. And what is a stronghold is that layer after layer of thought until it's so strong, it'd be like if you had band-aids that were this thick and you had just kept making a, a mountain out of them. You couldn't tear that, could you? That's what a stronghold is. It's a fortified thought that's so strong that that's why I said you're going to have to die to your flesh because it's not going to be an easy process when you realize, I can't do that anymore. I've got to bring it into subjection. And I mean, it hurts. It hurts bad. Okay. But um, we can't function if we have a stronghold on our life. So Pastor Bob, he's going to be my little, he's so cute, isn't he? He's adorable. So, Okay. Um, so he's going to be my little stronghold. So whatever my stronghold is, I've dealt with, um, with uh, unbelief or, you know, um, failure. You see, I'm trying to walk and I can't because he has a strong hold on me and it's keeping me from going forward. Okay, you can let go now. Thank you. So see, he had that stronghold on me. And I couldn't move to do what I needed to do. That's what happens with our thoughts. They begin to form that stronghold on us. And all of a sudden we're prisoned, but not in the kingdom of God where the good things are, but we're imprisoned into the world where all the bad things are in the world system is what I'm saying. Okay. So, but we can also build strongholds. Come on now. Woo. Of the kingdom. Which means that we can have the word of God so strong on us that if he's throwing bullets at me, I'm missing them because that stronghold is on me. It's the power of God. It's the word of God that has wrapped itself, fortified itself around me as a child of God. So we want to be fortified with the word. We want to be protected against the attacks. That's what fortification is. It's like a strong wall. We don't want it in the world system. We want it in the kingdom of God. And we want our thoughts to be fortified with the word of God so that as we progress into these end days, that fear doesn't overtake us. About everything we're hearing on TV, all right? We want our thoughts to be fortified by the word so that we can combat the lies. And they cannot penetrate the fortified wall of the word. All right, let's go on. So it goes on to tell us that our weapons, um, 
Yours can say many different things. Um, they may say carnal, but basically it means just that they're not natural. So we cannot fight these things with natural actions. It's going to take the word of God to actually be victorious. Now, we might for a time be able to learn kind of how to control our mind a little bit through a therapist or something. But to really get to the root, we're going to have to have the word of God and we're going to have to rip that out uh, and, and put it back, the word, fill it back with the word so that those thoughts don't come back to us. Okay? And then this, guys, now listen to this. It tells us there in verse number um, four, and remember it talked about our weapons, and it said that they are what? They're mighty. They're mighty before God. Guess what that is? That's dunamis power. And you know what dunamis power is? It's explosive power. That means that we have the might. Our weapons are full of might, full of the power of God to dismantle whatever that thought is. Um, the things of God get the devil on the run, people. It's explosive power. Hallelujah. Through God. That's our only way to victory is abiding in the word. Abiding enables us to pull down the strongholds. We are literally infused, did you know that? With the power of God. We are literally infused. Boy, if we could even grasp that for a half of a millimeter of a second, if there is such a thing. I tell you what, we are literally infused with the power of God. It's time that we quit living a below average life because we've allowed the lies of our mind to control us. All right, let's look real quick. Uh, we got to move here. Okay, uh, let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Bible. Another passage you probably all know. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 17. I'm going to read quickly. It says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. We're reading 10 through 17. It says, Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Right there, that could preach by itself all night. Come on. And put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that we will be protected as we fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest, uh-oh, listen to this, the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of God demons and even spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you will be protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. There's another one that's preached right there. But the truth, put, put on the, excuse me, put on the truth as a belt. So, so to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on the happiness. Put on the holiness and the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert. Then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as you wrap as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows 
coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full de deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit word of the spoken word of God. There's our weapons. That's a message by itself. But there's no way we can preach it right now. We just don't have the time. But see, it means that your thoughts can even be demonic, it says right there. It means that the very root of them can come from the devil. Why do you think you can't break that habit? Why do you think that alcohol is controlling you? Why do you think cigarettes are controlling you? Why do you think pornography is controlling you? Because there's a demonic influence behind it. And you're not going to fight that with the natural. You're going to have to fight it with the power of God by taking your dominion and your authority um, and taking those thoughts and teaching your mind how to think according to the word of God. War has already been completed. It's already been finished. The work is complete. Jesus is seated. So you know what? We already have the mind of Christ. We're not going to get the mind of Christ. We have it already. The question is, are we going to operate in it? Are we going to operate in it? Because we got it back on Calvary. That's when we got the mind of Christ. And then it goes on to say, exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's when you see the demonic influences. Boy, we're seeing that everywhere in our culture today. They're rising up. This is, and just presenting themselves in a way. That is that arrogance that is talking about right there. How dare that God say what I am. And that's that demonic force that's rising up to say, this is what I am. And it's, a for, and it's demonic in its roots. And we have to take dominion and authority over it. And then it says, every high thing, which is very much the same. It's that arrogance that justifies the word of God. And we're not going to put up with it because you know what? We're the righteousness of God, period. We're going to think on that. We're, uh, we're, we're free no matter what we think because Christ has set us free. We were set free on Calvary. We're not unworthy. We're not condemned. We're not a failure. We have to stop accepting the lies of the devil. I'm stuck. I'm never going to get anywhere else. I can't move forward. There's nothing that I can do. My family's been like this for decades. What am I supposed to do? I'm fat. Well, you hear that all the time with women. You know, I'm fat. I've made too many mistakes. There's no way. I'm, I shared my testimony earlier. But you know what? We are in a position of superiority over the devil. And we have been given authority. And so we don't have to put up with it. So let's look at two more scriptures real quick and then we're going to close. Let's look at Colossians 3, 1 and 2. And I'm reading it to you out of the Passion Translation. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection. This is why you are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned, at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not be distracted with the natural realm. So we are to fill our minds with the things of God, like, hallelujah, that we are perfect, that we are seated. You know what? I'm not getting mean here, but it's just time that, and I have to clean up my own little thinking when I do these things. I get it worse than the rest of you because, you know, the Lord deals with you for what you're going to say. But we need to stop griping about the glass prices because you know what? That isn't the thing of the kingdom. The thing of the kingdom 
is Jesus and his kingdom that we're called to rule in. And we need to quit being concerned about things that aren't going to matter eternally. If they matter eternally, they're a problem. If they don't, they're not. That's the way it is. And we have to set our mind on that. So you know what? He's never failed you. He doesn't care if it's $100 a gallon. Honey, you're going to have plenty of gas. So it's time that we renew our mind to that. So what? That machine doesn't have authority over you. The kingdom of God has authority over you. And you have to tell your mind to think on that. Some Sometimes we need to go to the gas tank and we just need to get that little pump to put in our car and we just need to start quoting the word or singing a song and just thanking the Lord that his kingdom is unshaken by the things that, are, that happen here on the earth. All right, and then let's finish up with Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. And it's another one that's very familiar to you. Philippians chapter 4, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. I mark these, you would think I could find them quicker. There we go. All right, verse number 8. I'm reading it to you out of the Amplified Classic, and I'm on the wrong page. Okay, uh, Philippians 4, 8. Make sure I'm in 4. There we go. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reference and honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. So hallelujah, we're going to fix our mind on them. And I want to remind you of something else. Did you know when Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul that he was in prison? And I'm not talking about no Hollywood prison that we see today. He was in sewage up to here. He was in raw waste. And he is telling us to think on the things of God. He just got done writing that. I think we better read that about 65 more times and hope that it begins to even start clicking in our heads. I mean, we need to grasp the gravity of what is being said here. He's telling us how to think. How do you think he survived the prison? He survived it because of he thought on the things of God. He renewed his mind. So you must think on how good that God is. You must think on how good that God is. And don't you sit there and think that right now. You don't know my life, Leela. Wow, wow, wow. I could probably make you look bad, honey. I can't make up my life story. If I were to put it out, you'd fall over in your chair. And I'm not kidding. But I'm going to tell you this right now. You had better start thinking according to the word of God or you're not going to have victory in your life because God gave you victory on Calvary, but he's not going to shove it down your throat. I'm sorry. So what does the word say about you? Well, let me, I wrote down some things that were coming to me. It says that we reign in life, that we're chosen, that we're justified. Perfect. Woo! We're for, forgiven, not forsaken, redeemed, heirs and co-heirs, set free. Did you know we're seated too? Victorious, more than a conqueror undefeated, crowned, <laughs> winners, kings and priests. Boy, that was just what popped in my head like that, that I quickly wrote down. But I tell you what, we are people of God and he has a plan for us. So before I end tonight, I want to give you this real quick. As I was praying over this message, the Lord gave me um, a word and I wrote it quickly because I felt like he wanted me to share it with you. So here it goes. And so I wrote it down here and it said, as you renew your mind to the truth of the word, you will begin to walk in a greater means of victory. 
the pains of your life will begin to go away. And you will live in a way that you've never experienced before. Discouragement, doubt, oppression, depression will begin to fade. And you will walk more powerful than ever before. As you think on the unseen things, the things that are seen will change forever. So I say to you today, as you learn to renew your mind, protection will be with you and upon you. And you will not be moved by what's going on around you because your safety net has been put in place. And a strong fortress has been built around you, says the Lord. And those things that are concerning you will fade away. So think on my kingdom and be set free, saith the Lord. Let's stand. Hallelujah. And we're just going to end the way we started tonight. And we're just going to lift up the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Father. We just thank you, Lord. You're so good to us, God. We worship you. We magnify your name, Lord. You're so holy and so worthy, Father, that you love us so much, God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, King of kings. King of kings and Lord of lords, we worship your name tonight. We worship your name. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, 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 Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. You're worthy. You're worthy of all glory, all honor, and all praise. We receive your word tonight, Father God. We thank you that the word delivers us, makes us free, Father God. Oh, we receive that seed deep in our heart. We're going to meditate on it, Father God. Allow it to germinate and bring forth a harvest of liberty. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Listen, as we get ready to close, just want you to, to know that there's going to be ministers up front. If you're struggling in any area tonight, uh, we want to invite you to come forward. In fact, let's just have the ministers come forward now. Uh, if you're struggling in any area tonight, I encourage you to come up and allow these ministers to, to just agree with you in prayer, minister to you, share the Word of God with you, maybe find a verse that applies to what you're going through, and don't leave out of here not delivered, because Christ has uh, provided everything that we need to be set free. God wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to walk in liberty tonight. Don't just say, oh, that was a good message and walk out of here. Act on what was said tonight and receive the benefit. It's only when we act on the Word that it changes anything in our life. So I just want to encourage you with that. Be sure and be here this Sunday, 9 and 11 a.m. It's going to be an awesome time in the Lord. And I'm going to dismiss you, but I want you to, to come up and partake of these ministry gifts tonight. Amen? You're dismissed.